0: There we are, Tower and Cement and City Limits. We're on the air. We've flown into the studio again this morning in our usual manner. And uh, it is the second Wednesday of the month. It means it's the day we do energy-related issues. And um, Meg, Kimber's over there pressing butt. Tell morning.
2: Me, Good. Yeah, okay. I'm excited that it's autumn. I, it reminds me yeah. of home.
0: Yes. Yeah, so mm. I was. I expected by the second day of autumn, no tree to have a no leap no tree to have a leap on it. Whatever I was I, trying to say then, but oh, uh, I
2: recall you saying that that was how autumn works.
0: how it should work. How it should work. <laughs> I did wonder, but it didn't. Mm. It just didn't. Uh, mm. but there you are, Meg. Okay, I'm Kevin Hilly, by the way, and it is the second Wednesday today. We're going to. We've got two guests coming on the program. One is one of our regular irregulars, uh, in Helen Vandenberg. Um, long-term activist out in the northwestern suburbs essentially mm. and long-term campaigner around the Tullamarine toxic waste dump and other things but we're going to talk this morning about the waterways in that part of the world and the, mm. the pollution and uh, cam- and campaigns around saving those or making them better because those waterways of course all end up mm. ultimately in the bay and uh, mm. there's, there's a campaign on to make the bay a lot better and if you're going to do that you're going to have to make the Mm. Waterways that lead into it a lot better, I would have thought.
2: I should have brought a map next time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Go just get a visual of where all oh, these yes. waterways are." Exactly.
0: Well, and for people who, who don't know yet, because um, Meg's come from Tasmania in the last year or so, it isn't really okay with Melbourne yet. But you're working on it very much. So oh, I right? am. You are. You are. <laughs> um, and of course, in the first part of the show, we're going to talk to Rosa McKenna, who's with the Spotswood South Kingsville Resonance Group who will be speaking at a public meeting next Wednesday night, which we'll give another plug to next Wednesday, at Brunswick Town Hall. It's about the North West Tunnel project, um, and um, and it's a meeting, obviously, to oppose it. The government looks intent on going ahead, but Rosa will be telling us what the meeting's about, why they're opposing it, and update us on all that. That sounds good. Doesn't It does sound good, doesn't it? That does sound good. I think so. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but before we get there... Um, let's start off as usual with our mate, the Herald Sun. Well, before oh, we get there, tea. in fact, yeah. Well, yeah, let's have some tea. I'll just pour some tea here. You want a cup of tea, mate? Yes, please. Rightio, here we are. You've got this lovely, uh, delicate cup,
2: porcelain. Guess, with,
0: with porcelain flowers on it. Yes. Lovely. Now, Thank you. I've got you. a cup that says Aries, and I am an Aries, they tell me. So, ah. there you are. Oh. That explains so, explain okay, so much. <laughs> well, <laughs> I actually don't know what areas is no, are meant to right. be like. <laughs> yeah, be careful with that because it's the ram. <laughs> oh, so just be yeah, careful. A bit just, stubborn, aren't yeah, let's just. <laughs> 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 so just there. Uh, um, but the Herald Sun did it again yesterday. The Labor Party says it's going to take action against against people who pay no tax, whatever, but who get tax handouts because of the shares they hold. And the Herald Sun headline for that was, Labor launches new class war, $11.4 billion tax grab. Uh, now, uh, the argument is, and you're getting it, of course, from Matthias Rotten to the Matthias Korman, et etc., um, that it, you know, it's class warfare and politics of envy. And I'm doubt there will be some people affected by it who probably are pensioners. They, you know, They use the term mums and dads, but then then um, Rupert Murdoch himself said dad and I'm sure every time he becomes (laughs) a dad he's older kids get a bit more upset about it Um, and and Matthias is a dad and they're all dads aren't they yeah mums and dads but um, it's really aimed of course at the very rich who Mm. in fact a a figure given this morning on the ABC was that some people who pay no tax whatever are handed $80,000 a year because of the shares they hold now why of do they of other pay people's no tax?
2: tax? I don't understand.
0: Well, they, well, why the rich pay no tax. I mean, there you oh. are. They, they haven't technically got a okay. job, presumably, but they get all this income from shares. Okay. Um, yep. and it's a it's a dividend imputation thing where they, you know, they, they they say they're not taxing them twice. It was something brought in by Howard and Costello. Oh, okay. Um,
2: maybe they have but, a, a bunch of properties in Melbourne that they're negative. Yes, hearing. that's
0: right. So, but, so they don't get taxed twice. They get given this money back. But for most mm. people that would be affected by it. Who may be on lower incomes? I think most of those would have the shares through super funds, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't apply anyway. And maybe you know, but but it's just they're not
2: doing it through the super if it's through super.
0: Well, they- they're they're talking about presumably people who who you know people with not much money who. But if you, I always argue if you buy a share, you are Ripping off the workers in the company anyway. I mean, under Marxist surplus value theory, Mm -hmm. as long as you own a share, you're exploiting the workers in the company. So there we are. Mm. Yeah, and the Herald's done it again too. This shows they're obviously going to support the Greens candidate for Lord Mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Jet setting candidate, Greens mayoral aspirant spends up. A Greens Lord Mayoral candidate went on a $31,000 Melbourne City Council junket to Europe that included emotional discussions, in in parenthesis that bit, (laughs) about a project to find housing for refugees. Councillor Owen Leppard's 10-day joint last October comprised visits to Hamburg, Brussels and Barcelona to explore opportunities for exchange and collaboration, accompanied by the city couple of... Council offices. The total cost was thirty-one. Now they say, "No, it sounds like he spent thirty-one on himself." It's thirty-one all up for all of them.
2: Right. All right.
0: Uh, they don't make that clear here, but that's obviously the point. With the main purpose (laughs) of the trip to represent Melbourne in the European Union's World Cities Project. Well, I would have thought that's worth doing. Hmm. A council report said among insights was a visit to an urban and insights is in uh, parentheses. Oh, indeed. Was a visit to an urban (laughs) development project in Hamburg that gave world-class examples of flood protection technologies that. Relevant for Fisherman's Bend, another project provoking a lot of emotional discussion involving people finding housing for refugees, and it goes on. But then they get uh, an expert on these things to comment, and this is where I think their you know, balance shows. Mm-hmm. Evan Mulholland from Free Enterprise Think Tank, the Institute of Public Affairs, mm. slammed the trip's extravagance, which highlights a general resentment of local government that exists within the community. Instead of spending money on overseas junkets, councils should be looking at ways to save money and reduce rates. Uh, Leopard 33 was for etc etc. He's the Greens candidate and uh, he will return to his annual 44,444 plus super and expenses councillor position if he loses. Now, why was that in there? Um, other than to indicate he's ripping off again, I presume. Oh, oh, God. He chairs their arts, cultural and heritage portfolio and supports a proposal to spend two million of ratepayers' funds on a single artwork for South Bank. He also backs changing the date of Australia Day. Oh,
2: so I would oh, have, have just thought, that in the yeah,
0: end. they threw that one in and how much. <laughs> He gets his account. So, well, they all get it. I mean, why pick him out? But anyway, um, it does sound like they are got to back him to the hilt, doesn't Oh, it? yes. Yeah. We
2: can clearly see that they're a fan of his approach.
0: Oh, yes. No, that's uh, that's a very, very balanced story, that one. <laughs> so, Textbook
2: journal- balanced journalism. From the on
0: Sunday. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. And on it, inter- and it's been repeated since. But International Women's Day, there was a double spread ad uh. for a mob, somewhere or other. Um, they, I won't give the name of it, but they're a mentoring program. Everything we do at this particular program com is with her in mind. We're a positive place where you can you can laugh, think, and feel empowered today and every day. Bringing you news that matters. In celebration of International Women's Day, we want to invest in you. You could secure—I think that means they want us to invest in them, but oh, that's um, okay. that's the way of putting it. You could secure the opportunity to be mentored by one of mentored by one of Australia's most inspiring women, and there's a picture of four of them. Um, including smiling at us inspiringly, Julie Bishop. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was thinking, I saw man, that
2: and I signed up. So yeah, uh, I was hopefully, say, yeah, I, I'll see what well, Julie Well, if you saw it, I know. I've got to recommend it to you anyway. <laughs> yeah, <so>. thanks. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think probably, if, if you've done any mentoring yet with her. Um,
2: well, um, no, I'm just waiting to hear back, but I'm pretty sure she'll have some interesting advice for oh, me. Well notice,
0: yeah. the, we'll notice the improvement, no end. <laughs> 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 uh, yes. And um, the bloke, that bloke, um, Martin Scarelli, um, he, he's the bloke who took over a a drug company in America and oh, immediately really? raised the price of an AIDS and cancer drug from thirteen fifty a pill to seven hundred and fifty dollars a pill,
2: which is insane.
0: Yeah. Now he's been charged. Unfortunately, since then he was charged with uh, a number of. Um, a number of blue-collar well, sorry white-collar type offences in america uh-huh. uh he said he you know when he he said he last year he's no way he'd go to jail well he's been spotted for 7 years um isn't that sad oh what a tragedy! Anyway, I just thought I'd mention So it wasn't—it wasn't, seven it wasn't, years wasn't because
2: he, it wasn't illegal what he did about the drug, but it was he did a bunch of other stuff. That yeah, was we did other stuff Actually, mis- illegal, not just misleading, yeah, immoral, from, yeah, yeah. It's all that stuff. Right. Yeah,
0: may have over there. Mm. So there you are. Mm. Now, um, well. now, a couple of days ago, um, the head of Adani wrote a. Think piece, if you could, we used to call it that in the industry, but I think mm. many of them these days there's not too much thinking involved, <laughs> um, including his. But he's written a piece um, justifying the mind. This is in the Financial Review two days ago. Mm. And he says, um, in, in, very much inter alia, the hurdles seem so high, and the flood of misinformation from opponents of the resources industry has been enough to drown any project. Misinformation, you see, all this stuff. Mm. The reason is the Carmichael project is linked to unstoppable global growth that has the potential to benefit Australians by creating jobs for families opportunities for local businesses and billions of dollars in royalties to fund schools roads and hospitals for years to come. We have 800 people working with us in Australia and we have invested 3.3 billion to date to help realize this opportunity and they go on about 10,000 people are going to be employed etc although okay. in court the figure I think was more like 1400 wasn't it the right. real figure. And he says, every day our business is working to balance the need to provide affordable energy with the need to reduce emissions intensity. We are at the front line helping to solve these global dilemmas. Now, I would have thought... Of Uh, You know, one way to help reduce emissions intensity might be to not open a coal mine.
2: Mm -hmm. And another Um, way to kind of fund schools, roads, and public works is to use the money on schools, roads, and public works rather uh, than (laughs) than, (laughs) be careful. Is it? it, Is that crazy?
0: Oh, it's 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 it's, (laughs) obviously Julie's having an impact even before you get to talk to her. (laughs) But um, uh, billions of dollars in royalties. Now, a separate story. A separate story. The next day, um, headline: Carmichael royalty deal still not signed, and um, the Queensland treasurer said it said Adani has yet to sign a royalty agreement with the Queensland government over its um, controversial mine, etc. It allows it. It allows the deferral of royalties for the first four years um, before being ramped up after the fifth year. But originally they wanted that to be just a gift to them, but because oh. of pressure from within the Labor Party, they've now got to pay it back with interest after the four years. But nonetheless, it's. It's a, you know, it's a royalty holiday. Oh. Other terms include, and this again came from pressure from within, no direct expenditure of public funds on the project or directly related economic infrastructure for that project. There has to be third-party access to any infrastructure, which in Adani's case would be the rail link that well, they want the public to pay for, it, but they also yeah. don't want anyone else to be able to use it. Oh, yeah. Um, so all that's going on. So while he's writing this article, they still haven't even signed up for the royalty agreement anyway these are the things he's boasting about what they're going to give to the community, right. these are the schools that you're talking about, right. um, yeah
2: okay, even more tenuous is mm. yes, more
0: tenuous, I would have thought mm. um. Uh, but, um, of course, the public funds are the Queensland funds. It doesn't stop the federal government giving um, yeah. money. And we know that the Rockhampton and um, Townsville councils are putting, have offered $30 million to build the airport out mm. of the place, which is mm.
2: well, that's
0: maybe what the Institute of Public Affairs should complain about, about use of tax ratepayers' money, mm. I would have thought. Rather than that. But then going along with that, of course, um, the, the as we mentioned last week, when you played that Yo-Yo song, I said, you know, that's, <laughs> to, that's dedicated to Bill Shorten's policy on Adani. Well, you'll be pleased to know, front-page headline last, that very same day, last Wednesday it was. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Labor shadow ministers and backbenchers are urging Shorten to rain his criticism of Adani. Um and um, as as the opposition leaders, leader you know, lurches further to the left, there's nothing to say it, because of the by-election, <laughs> the rare outbreak of disunity comes amid growing concerns. Shorten is becoming too blinkered and appealing to inner-city voters for the crucial Batman by-election, jeopardising Labor's longer-term focus on picking up key swing seats in Queensland that are crucial to gaining power. So one mm. assumes you, you say you support the mine in those swinging seats so you get them to vote for you, although... Although the Queensland government won Townsville, uh, despite um, that, right. their opposition, but that's or they're saying they wouldn't okay. support the rail line. Anyway, hmm. uh, that aside, um, obviously though, after the election, you show your real colours and come out as a great environmentalist. And, uh, yes, uh, yes, definitely. Right. I yeah. think that's how it usually happens. That's, well, that's yeah. well, that's not how it, it's how it always happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um,
2: well, they just had an election in Tasmania. Um, my home state and, uh, no change of government there. And I was talking to my mum about it and we were talking about, um, you know, the Greens are always pretty strong in Tassie and they've, um, not been as strong in this very recent election. Mm. But mum said to me, well, you're in the right place now because the Greens are, you know, a lot stronger in, in, uh, Victoria. In the state government now So it's mm. true So um, I saw You know There's been a lot of uh, Presence of like leafleting and things like that On the streets bef- For this Batman election Yeah Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I, I was going to raise that with you last week because yeah. one of the one of the points given by the Greens, you know, vote went down, mm. was that the environmental issues are no longer really relevant in Tasmania. I thought that would not be the case, would it? I mean, oh, one of yeah. the reports said that. I mean, surely the environmental issues, and particularly the forests, are still a major issue. Yeah,
2: in especially in the Tarkine, like everybody who's fighting for protection for the Tarkine, especially for Aboriginal heritage reasons, and also because of the natural um, beauty of the place. Um. Yeah. There's there's still things happening, and the Bob Brown Foundation are really working hard to keep awareness about that. It's interesting that people say that. I think it's cause of guns not being there anymore, and the fault bill not being there anymore. Is that it's not as um, it's not as a like a a a big an issue that people are talking about and fighting against Mm. as hard as they used to. But there's still a lot of questionable. Um, dealings in in how those resources are managed and and wh- who they're given to basically yeah yeah all yeah. right well, mm.
0: let's uh, have a couple of industrial issues but I think we're moving on with time let's all go right. to our first guest we've got two guests let's take a break come back and we'll talk to Rosa McKenna about the uh, Northwest Tunnel. Okay, and on the line, Rosa McKenna. Rosa McKenna is a member of the Spotswood um, South Kingsville Residents Group, and she's one of the speakers at a meeting next Wednesday night, I think it's at 6 o'clock, she'll tell us, um, at Brunswick Town Hall, uh, which will look at the North West Tunnel. And, um, and just wondering, Rosa, um, let's start off with... Um, with, given that the government says it's important to go ahead and, in fact, they passed special legislation last week to keep it running, um, why are you opposing this? It sounds like it's so good, according to the government.
3: Well, um, Kevin, first of all, it's the Westgate Tunnels meeting at the um, Brunswick Town Hall's about.
0: <laughs> yep, that's right.
3: Yeah,
0: um, you said the northeast. Oh, did I? I'm sorry. I'm, yes. uh, yeah, okay, yes. Westgate Tunnel. Yeah, okay, right. Well, thanks for correcting me. I'm just, I'm just a total <laughs> idiot, nothing serious. Um, we, uh, and, all right, so that's next. Uh, next so the Westgate, the Westgate
3: Tunnel um, goes from where the uh, Ring Road meets the um, uh, Westgate Freeway that already exists. Um, and it goes right up to the city to Wurundjeri Way, so it links mm-hmm. to City Link. So it's a western, it's, it's actually an expansion of what is the Westgate Freeway um, mm. with, a, with a tunnel that um, goes underneath the Araval. It doesn't actually go underneath the river, but it comes up and then goes and, and has a, a new bridge Duplicating the existing Shepherds Bridge going across the um, going across the Maribyrnong, so we don't like it. Um,
0: well, just on that, <laughs> it also comes back to ground level around your area. Spotswood does it not? I mean, that's very. Um,
3: no, that, well, well the, we ha, we already have the freeway and the Westgate Bridge, so we're in yeah. Spotswood. Um, the bridge actually starts in Spotswood. The um, the. Intersection of Melbourne Road, Williamstown Road intersects with the freeway where the uh, where the bridge starts. So what we'll have in our particular neighbourhood is um, <clears throat> the the tunnel will take um, purportedly nine thousand vehicles, including trucks, off the freeway and off the bridge. Um, but placarded trucks, so uh, trucks ca- carrying chemicals or um, Others can't go up, go in a tunnel, so they're building ramps that will run alongside Stony Creek and our um, recreational areas in Spotswood. Uh, it will have two intersections on Hyde Street and Douglas Parade where we'll have um, big trucks, big B doubles turning and going up what Simcock Avenue. So. <clears throat> While at the moment that's industrial land, it will prohibit any further urban development that might actually, or urban renewal that will mm. occur there. And it, it's right at the entrance of the Science Works. our major mm. museum icon in Victoria. I see a big truck coming up the side there. So <clears throat> we don't... Uh, the, what, some of the issues are that um, it will purportedly take trucks off inner west roads. Well, it may take trucks off the streets of Maribyrnong. But as the protest yesterday on Williamstown Road showed, Williamstown Road itself will have double the number of trucks because of the Westgate Tunnel. Mm. So there is no indication that these trucks are going to be being removed from residential streets. And, of course, if you put truck bans on every road in a particular suburb like um, Yarraville and Footscray, the trucks can't actually access the freeway that is being they're being attracted to travel on. So um, Millers Road, for example, will have um, 18,000 trucks a day and will become the major access point for the freeway in order for these trucks to get to the tunnel or to the bridge. And And they're going to toll the trucks. Not only will it be very difficult for the trucks to actually access the freeway, they'll actually have to pay for the privilege from driving on it from um, Millers Road to um, Williamstown Road. The bridge will remain toll-free. <coughs> mm. Yeah,
0: um, and of course, Millers Road's always been the example of how terrible it is out there and why we need these sort of things to, to relieve traffic there, but you're saying, in fact, it won't relieve traffic there.
3: It will will certainly increase um, traffic, particularly trucks. And there's another road just um, a little bit further west called Greve Parade, which has been built to take trucks, um, which is not being used.
0: Yeah. Are well, there easy solutions? <clears throat> yeah, and of course, this um, there was a, a proposal for a, not not this exact proposal, but Eddington in his report, which also recommended the East-West Link, uh, mm. recommended a road crossing the Yarra there, crossing the the Meribodong well, and et cetera. Now, this is different to that, but um, a re- earlier proposals have all said the important thing is to get trucks... Uh, to the port, and and a lot of people say, of course, you need more more rail to the port, but this doesn't yeah. seem to address too much of that at all.
3: Well, the port rail shuttle, the tenders for that will be let in April, so we're hoping that that will take 3,500 trucks off the road by creating rail shuttles to hubs in the west, north and east of Melbourne. Um, but the Eddington Report recommended a thing called the Westgate Distributor, yeah. And that was um, simply ramps onto um, the freeway that this project does include. And <clears throat> the expansion of Shepherd's Bridge. So stage one has already actually happened. Um, the ramps are part of this project, but there are other other roads were indicated would be needed. So Paramount Road and... Um, other roads in the West where there are already road reservations available that would provide a, a different route for trucks that would not compete with traffic in the same way as this one does. So this one brings all the trucks, all the cars to one single road that um, already exists. It expands it so that for parts of um, Yarraville and North, and uh, Spotswood, there'll be an increase of 37,000 uh, vehicles a day, um, which will... Obviously, increase the level of pollution um, that's already in the area. So they're taking vehicles off Francis Street, that simply hundreds of yards away, they'll be um, expanded mm. onto the freeway itself. So in terms of pollution, there's not much. Not much can be gained from that.
0: And just go to its genesis, <coughs> because in fact, this proposal was put to the government by Transurban, the yeah. toll company. Um, and it's um it's part it's part the the two parties it's p- p- funding most of it, but the government's still putting in several billion dollars, yeah. um toward it. The end result though is that Transurban gets further extensions to its contract and its tolling, etc. Uh, so the big beneficiary seems to be a private company at the expense of uh, people like you.
3: Well, the government is being a little bit cute about this, so it's, 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 um, it's delayed the legislation going to the parliament until the road is built. So one way or the other, the Australian taxpayer will be paying for something they've never, ever wanted.
2: Ah. Mm. Um, What's the community they're um, advocating for instead?
3: Well, we we would like a much uh, highly developed integrated public transport um, Mm -hmm. solution. So the people of the outer west who are confined to their cars because they've got no options Mm. need um, more rail, more stations, more connections by buses to those stations. And yes, they may need some... uh, road improvements, but we don't need a mega toll road funded mm. by private enterprise and subsidised by the public
2: service.
0: Mm-hmm. And indeed, the law report this week on the ABC talked about uh, the massive fines people are getting on the toll yeah. roads. Um, I think some people are getting up to hundred uh, literally a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars in fines because it accumulates mainly through penalties, yes. etc. Uh, now, if this goes in and, and this was a, the people person they mostly spoke to was from the Werribee Legal Service. Yes. Um, people in that part of the world who we presume would start using this tunnel if it 's built um, may well find themselves again in all sorts of financial trouble, thanks to uh, transurban yet again.
3: Well, it's become part of our justice system, so it's not as though Transurban are collecting a fine. I believe in the agreement uh, signed between the government and Transurban, there are some improvements in that, um, but I think it's still very unsatisfactory Mm. that fines are collected in this way and that people who live in the Outer West or the outer suburbs of Melbourne generally pay a disproportionate amount of their income Mm. in uh, using roads and then paying penalties for which... You know they, they they may not be the driver of a car for example you know so there are all sorts of inequities about how the um, how the fines are collected
0: yeah <coughs> so uh, so this meeting next week is the people from all sorts of areas speaking um, give us some detail of the meeting
3: um, as far as I know uh, it is at the Brunswick Town Hall as you indicated um, there'll be a number of speakers um Around um various aspects of the uh, of the of the project, I understand there'll be some people from a planning perspective so they can understand how the road works and 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 so on. There'll be clearly community people speaking, so, My colleague down the road from Millers Road, um, Chris Dunleavy, will be speaking and giving you um, um, some feeling about what it's going to mean to their very small community. Um, I'll probably be talking about some of the consultation issues and what it means for our community. So hopefully people will get a a hands-on feel about what the implications of this particular um, road is going to be.
0: I just looked at my notes. I did say six. At seven pm, it starts. Seven at Brunswick Town Hall yeah, next month. And Wednesday. I wasn't absolutely sure either. <laughs> okay, well, I, I had I had a, a scribbled note here, and it does say seven pm. So I'll I'm get, I'll get there
3: going. on time now.
0: Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I was able to help you. Uh, there, there's also another group out there that um, I believe has, uh, which was opposing it, but which has now come out in some sort of um, some sort of support of the whole thing. Where are that?
3: Are you talking about Maribyrnong Truck Action yes, Group? That's a yeah, well, they're, they're a group who've been um, a long-standing lobby group for about fifteen to twenty years, campaigning to get trucks off the streets of Maribyrnong, hence their name. Mm. But they have—they—they they would say that they don't support the project, but they see it as a solution to their particular problem. So they say it's flawed, but in state parliament last week, where I sat through the revocation motion, the Labor Party continuously referred to them as supporters of the project alongside a number of big companies who'd taken out um, full-page ads in the um, um, Herald Fund. So so yesterday, MTag held a demonstration in support of the Williamstown Road um, community. Um, So somewhat contradictorily, they're Mm. saying now that um, the Westgate Tunnel is creating this problem on Williamstown Road. No mention of the people on Millers Road, but it does. it, it is rather difficult to understand where they're coming
0: from. <coughs> yeah. A bloke Matt because, Johnston. The, Sorry, you go on. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, when the government says the community is in favour of this project, then clearly there's only one group in the community who are in favour of it. Mm. And the rest of the community are not getting any space at all to say, um, you know, that... Um, that nobody along the alignment from west and north Melbourne right down to Brooklyn, there's not a single community who sees this as a good thing, let alone the broader benefits that might be argued
0: for it. No. Now we're talking to Rosa McKenna from the Spotswood South Kensington Residence Group. And Rosa, I've been through over the years a number of environmental studies into freeways, etc. Um, and you know from the outside, what, outset what's going to happen. In this case, again, there's been a uh, an environmental hearing where every local government body affected, opposed it. <laughs> Uh, and yet, um, no, no, not really. They, did not totally. Okay.
3: <laughs> no. So Maribyrnong, um, the city of Melbourne certainly was the um, the only one and the strongest that came out. Yeah. I
0: Port it. Phillip came out as well in Mooney Valley.
3: Oh, Port Phillip did, but they're not directly affected by it. Oh, so okay. the, the local yeah. governments around which the planning scheme amendments will be affected certainly were. Um, more circumspect Um, Hobson's Bay Mm. which is the council where um, I live Mm. um, they never actually supported it but had a a number of conditions that they wanted mesh and at one point they did oppose it but within a month they had um, changed their view and coincidentally the uh, the treasurer provided some options in the pre-budget discussions for $5 million to go to Hobson's Bay to look at, um, you know, renovating some of their recreational open space areas.
0: But we are seeing a situation where during that process and now even before the planning approvals have completely gone through Parliament, you've got the work proceeding and government saying it's going to go ahead anyway.
3: They do. And and people are really confused by that. They think they actually have no say, Mm. um, you know, that it's a done deal. So what's the point in, in protesting? We're in... A safe, very safe labour seat here, um, so people feel very demoralised and betrayed, um, and don't really know what they can do about it. So I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens at the ballot box in, in November to see whether you know people's anger and uh, frustration will, will, will see any sort of change there. But people are very demoralised with their current um, political leaders out here.
0: Yeah, and of course that ad you referred to last week, it had the Australian Logistics Council, it had Utah, it had a Geelong yeah. business group, it had the Chamber of Commerce, the Infrastructure Partnerships and the Victorian Transport Association all saying what a wonderful thing it is and how awful it would be to stop it. Um, it seems that um, yet again with Transurban running it, um, it's, it's a big business proposal that, uh, and the people like you can go to, so to speak.
3: That's right. So we're very outgunned. So the government itself has... um, We've got uh, the government Western Distributor Authority with a huge um, uh, communications, as they call it these days, budget. We've got um, Hollands, who are the contractors, now with big communications teams, you know, informing us about what's happening. But there's very little uh, input and certainly no room for any objection Um, anywhere along the way. So it's not consultation, nor is it engagement. Mm -hmm. It's information about what we're going to be doing um, to you and and, uh, very slick um, letterboxing. Uh, We've got very slick um, uh, video ads, for example, on SBS. I was watching the other night people driving from long to packing them as if that's a usual route people take. Mm. Saying that they'll save twenty minutes. Well, that's just not true. When the road is actually functioning, they're lucky to save four minutes on a trip
0: like that. There was a promotion for uh, CityLink when they built that as well. They said you could get from Dandenong to the airport in 36 minutes, which maybe you can at three in the morning, but it's not not much use to you. Um, But
3: we know if you're inducing traffic to a road, the road will soon reach its capacity, and we know that the bridge will reach its capacity again by you know within three years of the bridge being completed. Well, the
0: Westgate Bridge was the answer in the first place, wasn't it? That's
3: right, exactly. And Um, and we now know that the people... People of Williamstown and Newport, who are hemmed in on a peninsula, will find their local arterial roads, as Douglas Parade, Williamstown, uh, Melbourne Road, and Miller's Road, are completely chockers with with people trying to go north south and to access the freeway and the bridge. Mm-hmm. So it will only it will only lead to more local congestion, as well as inducing traffic, which will in in the end create um, a car park on the on the freeways.
0: Yep, yeah, mm. as usual. Mm. Charlton from um from the, um from uh, Transurban,
3: Transurban. Mm.
0: Uh, said last week after nearly three years of planning, development, and public consultation. Well, I think you've answered the public consultation bit, <laughs> but in the course of that uh, blocking it. Um, comment in by a journalist was that Victorian planning ministers have options to make orders exempting projects from planning approvals, including invoking the Major Transport Projects Facilitation Act to ram a project through political and community opposition. But that's not not great democracy, is it?
3: Well, they've already done that. So the only um, so the, the unlike the East West Link, where there were um, legal recourse. Um, The way in which this project has been put together meant that the AES and the um, other public um, interest uh, areas have have sort of been run into one. And so there's very little um, recourse for um, communities to take, um, unlike that other example. So there could be a judicial review, though the time for that has passed. And the judicial review could only be on the basis of um, legal issues, not on the merits of the project itself.
0: So just to finish up, how confident are you that uh, the community can stop this?
3: Well, I don't know whether the community can stop it per se. Um, The the community of Victoria could stop this Mm -hmm. because they can say that this is a poor project. It doesn't benefit... um, the state in any way, and in fact it will create a big impost on um, in terms of cost. Mm. So either the government will pay for it outright, or the impost will be on taxpayers um, through paying tolls. And as the Liberal Party pointed out, people who never use the road will be paying for it through their tolls on other Mm. um, roads. Um, But also... um, it precludes a whole range of other um, investments. So if you have this, and you don't have public transport, or you don't have mm. another road like Paramount Road, because um, that will be precluded. It will um, the movements of the rail yards will affect where other um, uh, rail and other infrastructure can go around North Melbourne, for example. Um, okay. So each of these each of these decisions has an impact
0: on another decision. Yeah, mm. okay. We'll have to leave it there, Rosa. But look, people okay. can hear more on this next Wednesday, we'll give it a plug again next Wednesday on the show okay. at Brunswick right. Town Hall, seven pm. We got that right.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and the other speakers include, by the way, the senior senior lecturer in transport, John Stoneup Stone. Melbourne, who's a, yeah. been a who's a bit of an irregular regular on this program, and also <laughs> Crystal Legacy, who's um, going to talk about the planning processes. And I think mean, probably not praise them. Mm. Um, and as you mentioned yourself, Chris Dunleavy from the Millers Road Group, Mark Riley from the Gre- Greens Councillor in Moorland. Yeah. Um, so that should be a, you know, an important meeting for mm. people to go to. Okay, thanks a lot, uh, okay. Rosa, for your time.
3: Thanks, Karen. Thanks,
0: Bye-bye. Uh, okay, Rosa McKenna there from the Spotswood South Kensington Group and, um, and we will urge people to get to that meeting next week. And uh, after this break, going to come back talk to Helen Vandenberg about water.
2: You're back on 3CR, this is City Limits, and we just heard some music, Yarra River Blues, which I thought was appropriate, by mm. Georgia Lee, and then a little bit of Kanji River Tribe by Shane. And we have our next guest.
0: We have Helen Bandenberg, who's a regular uh, commentator on this program, She's an irregular, regular, whatever she is, Helen, out there in the um, northwestern suburbs. But, Helen, Yarra River Blues, and there's an article in the paper last week as part of the Herald Sun's Carry On About Future Melbourne, about how we have to protect Port Phillip Bay and make it worth billions of dollars. Now, all this depends very much on the waterways leading into it being also being kept in pretty good condition, doesn't it?
1: They do. It does indeed. And good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, um, Kevin, you can't separate the waters in the bay from the way land is used. And what's difficult about our current situation, for instance, for waterways, we have five different acts governing waterways. We have catchment management, we have Melbourne Water, we have a Water Act, um, that governs that. We have the Planning and Environment Act. But water... And then we have the water holders who are give permission for extraction from water because water is the crown. It's very complex and it's so fragmented and so dysfunctional it doesn't deliver any of the outcomes it's intended to do. And planning has dominated for far too long and planners have never, ever taken adequate... Um, They've never adequately comprehended their own impact, their devastating impact on waterways. So we have at the back of my house, this beautiful little dynamic creek, Steel Creek, runs from the airport to, down to the Maribyrnong River, then the Maribyrnong River, and the sediment coming down there because of erosion. The erosion is caused by inadequate construction management plans because local councils don't have enough offices to go around and make sure builders are not leaving mud on the roads and letting it escape the site. Then you have the scouring of the river bases because we have stormwater rushing into them. In the natural water system, in the natural water cycle, 10% of rain got to the creek during the rain event, and 90% was filtered through the soils and maintained the vegetation and trickled in through groundwater flows, particularly vital in summer. That's totally been destroyed. We now have nearly 90% of water going straight to the creek. So, of course, the velocity and um, volume of water is scouring the bases. It's taking sediment down to Port Phillip Bay, and there are simple things that can be done fund councils so that they've got enough officers to go out there and enforce no silt getting onto the roads. That's a simple thing. But the other thing planners don't understand is the amount of water that is now rushing into our waterways and rivers because they are having greater urban densification. Okay, we've got to make space for people, but for heaven's sakes, leave a little bit of the ground to be porous, would you please? (laughs) Now, on top of that, you have... Um, really poorly planned interfaces between residential and industrial uh, developments of fronting rivers and waterways. Now, anywhere else in the world, they'd say, oh, wonderful, a waterway, keep away from the edge. We've only just realised that we need to do that for the Yarra mm. and we need to do the same for the Maribyrnong and Werribee rivers. And... The question we're going to be asking at our workshop next Monday is what kind of legal framework really better suits protection of our waterways? Because our waterways are living entities in their own right. The in-stream pollution has reduced biodiversity to an absolute minimum where it hasn't destroyed it. Over-extraction is drying us out. We have a mini Murray-Darling Basin situation up on Mount. Macedon where people just move in and think oh there's a creek I can have water out of it and there you've got people ignorantly taking water for um, irrigating their exotic gardens and depriving our native fish and platypus of their own habitat Mm -hmm. so we're we're losing refuge pools for endangered fish for platypus and you you know you've got to have those little macro invertebrates to feed it's all part of a web of life and it's being destroyed everywhere and it doesn't matter how hard Melbourne Water tries or how many times we in the community get out and revegetate None of us going to matter under climate change. We stand to lose the lot unless we dramatically change.
0: So, forty next, years planning. You mentioned this next, next Monday. Sorry, Helen, interrupting. You mentioned next Monday. What's what's next Monday's event?
1: We're having our first workshop with Environmental Justice Australia, Dr. Bruce Lindsay. Um, he, we're inviting people to it, and you can find further details out at environmentaljusticeaustralia.org. dot um, org The workshop is to look at looking at the context and the complexity of our rivers, looking at the Yarra Act and what it's done and the Yarra Action Plan and the Developing Yarra Strategic Plan, all of which um, potentially offer greater protection. Whether or not that's going to suit us in the West is a separate question and needs a bit of reflection because our river systems are far more complex. We're on a... Um, lava Plain, third largest in the world, and so our drainage system is quite different from the Arras. Uh, we have little, we have significant creeks like Mooney Ponds, Stony, Steel, um, and three creeks in between the two riv- the major rivers of the Werribee and the Maribonong, Skeleton, Laverton, and Cororoid. And these are all really important, not only in their own right, but for the communities that live around them because they provide the only little green... There's a lot of little green fringes along these waterways where shared paths, you know, encourage people to get out and walk, um, have contact with nature and get the health benefits derived from that. Now, the reason we've got Bruce Lindsay employed is because the Helen McPherson Smith Trust gave a generous grant to us so that we could employ him so we could collectively sit down and ponder our own situation what are our challenges what are our issues and what's a better way forward particularly in the light of climate change we must make our cities and our waterways far more resilient now there's huge issues for planners to face heat island impacts particularly generated by the current high density um developments you've got uh, we know plan melbourne is looking at an integrated um, management plan for the whole of melbourne and for the first time ever it's brought all departments together to consider things so there's a lot of potential in that work so that's commendable by the government to get these things going but to making sure we want to make sure that the west is not sort of mentioned and then not delivered on because that's happened to us many times in the past 40 years so we've started a community campaign rivers of the west and we're going to approach all political parties to say will you consider investigating with us a better framework for protection of our rivers and our waterways we're not absolutely sure we need a particular act like the Yarra Act, which says the Yarra is a living river. I think there's an advantage in that if you uh, that we need to think about because uh, the the Yarra Act also created the Birirung Council, whose chief role is advocacy for the Yarra. Mm. Now, we little groups out the West have done a significant job from Mount Macedon through Sunbury down Jacksons and Deep Creek along the lower Maribyrnong, along along the Werribee catchment, down in Melton. All these little groups are beavering away at revegetation and trying to get back our critically endangered vegetation. Mm. But that's not going to save us, and we need to look at what is killing our rivers and how can we better protect them. And the first workshop is Monday night from 6 to 9 in at the Green Building at EJA's office. And we have a discussion paper people need to read beforehand. Can,
0: we, can you give people the address of the Green Building? In 60
1: Leicester Street, so Carlton. Yeah. Yep. yep. And um, we're going to look at legal reforms and what a variety of things that might work. What are the current levers that exist that could be strengthened immediately without a particular act? Um, do we need an Urban Rivers Act rather than a Werribee-Maribyrnong Act? Do we just need to say these waterways have to be managed um, through better coordinated policies and management? But anyhow, What's whatever the, the outcome the will moment? be, I will let you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, how is the management managed at the moment, Helen? Is it each,
1: fragmented?
2: each council? Yeah. It's each council. You've yep. got
1: a catchment management authority with a good regional um strategy mm-hmm. you've got melbourne waters river health strategy none of it is binding on anybody where's mm-hmm. the enforcement mm-hmm. non-existent where are the fines for people pinching water out of our rivers nobody knows because nobody's auditing because southern rural water and western waterways western water don't have enough people to go out and check on what's going on mm-hmm. you've got eight bulk of water entitlements There's, that means they're allowed to extract water yeah that might have been the way to get Drinking water for small towns, but is it the way to do it now mm. in the light of the growth of those areas? We don't have any guaranteed environmental flows. And then you've got councils with their little bits of public land along the waterways, and you've got City West are responsible for drainage. The water holders are responsible for giving extraction rights. The Planning and Environment Act has things to say about what you can and can't do, but not very many significant things to protect us. So there it goes. And the community's totally sick of it. Mm-hmm. We're sick of being asked to be... Um, consulted by so many different bodies who never talk to each other. The fact that they're beginning to under this state government is a huge step forward. Mm. We need to be involved all along the process so that it stays Free. It's participatory, it's democratic, and it's informed from a community perspective and not just the dam developers all the time. Mm.
2: You mentioned um, water catchments. I know it's obviously not your area, but the Great Forest National Park is something that people um, talk about. Yeah, I follow that. that. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that um, project? Does it relate to those rivers or not?
1: I, I wouldn't comment on it because I haven't read enough about it, yeah. but all I can say is that forest area is crucial. Mm-hmm. One of our problems here is we don't even have a guaranteed headwaters in forest. Mm. Our forest feeding Jacksons and Deep Creek, gone, There's right. a little bit of it left on, and yet if you do the research, you find out from the scientists who are informing us through Melbourne Waterways River Health Strategy, that having headwaters from the forest is crucial for life in your waterway Mm. well i'm sorry ours is built in right Mm. so now what are we going to do is everybody up at mount Macedon allowed to pinch the water so they can have a pretty garden of autumn leaves so they can have run run open garden schemes all year long
0: train melbourne cup winners helen or something well yeah Um, that's
1: another issue about how much uh, water are people allowed to take uh, out of it and for what purpose all this has to be considered And it has to be a democratic process, and there has to be far more transparency about what's being pinched from our waterways.
0: Point you just made, though, Owen, all
1: legally went, extracted.
0: I was driving through. Well, I was being driven, actually, but headed. I went out to Blackwood, up to Blackwood, beautiful part of the world. Yeah, it is. On Sunday for lunch at a friend's place, but uh, on the way we were commenting on all the estates along the road and the fact <laughs> that the the western grasslands of Melbourne are being destroyed totally. I mean, it's,
1: well, it's where beautiful. are they? I mean, yeah. we tried to save the Lavison. Uh, a small part of um, a site in Laverton when uh, the rafts sold off their base. And that was our last seed bank where we had native orchids still growing, uh, the rice flowers still growing. And we were told, no, that's going to be a supermarket and you can have this amount of land. And we said that land doesn't have um, the native vegetation seed bank that has weeds. And uh, no bad luck, have it. Neither the federal government nor the state government and I believe at the time it was federal, liberal and state labor, neither would follow the EPBC Act. Mm. Mm. So the government Mm. broke its own law, destroyed a critically important seed bank Mm. from us in the West because that's how we get treated. Well, we've had enough of that.
0: Well, and we've run out of time, unfortunately. Oh, but, what a um, pity. Yeah, it is a pity. But look, we'll get you back very shortly because really we're going to follow up on, following your meeting next Monday, things are going to develop, so we'll keep an eye on it. Um, yep. But also we didn't even get round to the fact that they want to put a medical facility next to <laughs> a toxic waste dump. <laughs> and we'll talk about that next time. I think putting a oh, yeah, medical facility same... next to a toxic waste dump is pretty smart.
1: Oh, very. And especially when they don't even want to have the emergency services with the critically injured patients arriving at Melbourne because well, it's too inconvenient. I mean, how hypocritical about, can they, they be? They are
0: talking about cancer research. I suppose they'll be on the spot for all the patients. Well, they're going to generate a That's lot right, of it themselves
1: exactly. anyhow. Well, maybe <laughs> they should be the... Uh, the uh, Yeah, test us. We seem to <laughs> be immune to all toxins.
0: Yeah. Helen, we've got to go, but thanks for your time. We will talk in very shortly, though, because there is more to follow up on that. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Thanks Bye. OK, Helen vandenberg there, who's, a uh, as you can tell, a long-term campaigner. Any any bureaucrat up against Helen? I... Almost pity the bureaucrat and the company. Okay, uh, thanks, Meg. Thanks. Next it's been week is housing on this programme. Yep. We're also gonna to talk to a hopefully talk to a woman about that issue at the airport, about the extension of the airport, which oh. affects local citizens pretty badly. So Interesting. Yeah, a woman called Helen Franks. We're we'll talking to her next week as well as having someone in from the housing with the Aged Action Group.
2: Brilliant. That sounds good.